1: welcome to the cricket badger ipl daily podcast 2021 the indian premier league 14th edition it's great to have you with us from the first match all the way to the final chennai super kings delhi capitals kolkata night riders mumbai indians punjab kings rajasthan royals royal challengers bangalore Sunrisers, hyderabad may the best team win brought to you in association with who knows wins put your money where your mates are and play along with the cricket badger
2: hello everybody welcome along IPL 2021 daily podcast IPL 2021 now defunct to some extent but the podcasts roll on certainly through this week anyway as we kind of pick out the fallout from the IPL being indefinitely suspended in India the players heading home um, or trying to head home various different routes back depending on what nationality they are and um am joined today by Daniel Kelly and Neil Varane is back as well to uh, talk about um, the way the IPL stands at the moment. Daniel we'll bring you in first haven't heard from you for a while it's The first time I spoke to you since the IPL has been indefinitely suspended it had to happen didn't it in the end it was inevitable really.
3: Yeah I think um, the last pod I was on we talked about how how much of a knife edge we were on at that point point. Um and we all tentatively said that we should carry on Um, but it was always lurking in the background. Yeah, we, we didn't really have, there was no choice by the end when players start, when players' safety starts getting compromised and, um, you know, the, the biosecure bubbles start becoming not biosecure. I don't think there's, there's not a thing that could have been done. It had to be had to be cancelled unfortunately or postponed as it is officially at the moment. I'm seeing a lot of pieces
2: in the papers um, today a lot of people very wise after the event I would suggest hindsight's a wonderful thing and saying it should never have been played in India it should never have been this that and the other and um, they made mistakes etc etc. I mean A, it's a pandemic so certain things are going to be beyond your control but at the time it was Planned this IPL when the um, the great and the good of Indian cricket was sitting around a table planning IPL 2021. Obviously, there was a big drive. Sort of Ganguly wanted to have it in India for all the right reasons, and it looked like it was achievable back then. But obviously, things have moved on, and it's just circumstances. I think really, I mean, the last year and a bit, it's been very hard to organise anything, hasn't it?
3: I think what this proves is that how however much of an effort you you put into making to, to safeguarding players and to create an environment where you're secluded from um the events going on Uh, around the the event the nature of a pandemic means that there's always going to be a chance that it gets into every sort of walk of life no matter how like I said before how biosecure you make things the nature of a pandemic is it's it's going to rear its head at some point through some avenue and whether that's through um I know we you know KL Rahul for instance went for a, a scan didn't he and um you know there's been a few players leave the bubbles for scans and not necessarily brought back in in the way that they could have been in hindsight um and I think the, the density of COVID throughout India at the minute is, you know, when these bubbles are are breached, I think there's there's only one outcome and that is the way it's going to be. I think in hindsight, like you said, James, we talked about Um, how much of an effect it would have on the Indian population at the minute as the only sort of thing that they had that only saving grace day to day to keep them not keep them going but to give them a bit of distraction from the harsh reality of what was going on outside of their windows Um, I mean it was the right decision to keep it going while the bubbles are unaffected you know we've got to the point of no return really and it has to be ended but like you said I think the the attitude that in hindsight, you know, it should never have been going on. It was disgraceful and whatever. It's very easy to say at this point and to take the moral high ground. But there were very valid and very important reasons that it was going on. Um, and I think, you know, the organisers would still stand by. that They make the right decision to, to push it as long as they could. It's just an unfortunate thing.
2: Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of people, Neil, in India at the moment who have been turning the TVs on at a certain time every day, watching their heroes, having that escape for four hours, who so are going to really miss it?
0: We're sitting here in England in, thankfully, a nicer national situation, although you know we weren't so far away from the Indian situation a matter of months ago. And we've said amongst ourselves how much, certainly the last IPL, and this one as well to a lesser extent, really helped our day. We had four hours a day of enjoyments and escapism and that is a huge thing when 8 hours you, on some
2: days on the double headed days
0: oh, absolutely those days those were days to treasure the escape from what is in essence a um, a gilded cage for us when we're in lockdown was Absolutely vital to keeping some of us sane.
2: I mean, I, I relate to that massively. I live in a one-bedroom flat. I haven't seen that many people over the last year, and that daily appointments of watching cricket or the football match that's on in the evening or whatever is something to look forward to during the day. And it, it does change your outlook on the day rather than just sitting there on the sofa watching endless Netflix reruns or whatever. It's uh, it does make a difference. It's a really positive part of the day, and I'm sure. There are a lot of people in India who are going to really miss it over the next few weeks. Dan, um, you are one of our Delhi Capitals um, fans, or you're, I think you're the only Delhi Capitals fan on this uh, on this podcast. Last year, we we brought you on as a not an IPL newbie, but somebody that had never really had an allegiance with the franchise, and it was an experiment to see if having a uh, franchise gave you a little bit more investment and enjoyment in the competition it seemed to work in IPL 2020 and your Delhi Capitals boys were were doing really nicely this time around wasn't it? I mean there's a potential that we'll never find out how how well they would have done but they had a chance of winning it this time.
3: Yeah I think um, it's a real shame for Delhi I think we were looking very good very consistent at the start of the tournament and I could see that carrying on as well um, I think Rishabh was getting to grips with captaincy and coming into his own a little bit on on that front as well um a lot of players in form yeah it just kind of sums delhi's ipl history up that the the time that we're sort of sailing to glory um (laughs) a global pandemic happens and ruins everything for everyone it's kind of you know sort of stereotypical delhi but yeah who knows we might get going again and pick up where where we left off i think that's a bit of a fanciful um idea at this point but Dally and RCB for me were the two best teams before we stopped yeah I I could see them two definitely getting very deep in the tournament I'm just really disappointed
2: yeah playing really good cricket Daly Capitals I was enjoying watching that who knows wins download our app right now from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and play against your friends with bragging rights and real money on the line who knows wins put your money where your mates are who knows wins in a league of their own. I mean, Neil, you're the Sunrisers fan. Not going quite so well for you, it has to be said in IPL 2021. They'd obviously just fired David Warner from the captaincy, brought Kane Williamson in. I mean, in a way, David Warner will look back and think, uh, if only um, this had finished a week earlier, I'd still be captain of the Sunrisers. It's funny how things go like that, isn't it? You know, this IPL ever does get finished. By the time we move on to September or whenever David Warner's form might be a completely different matter and the question of his captaincy would never have arisen
0: yeah it's a uh, a huge what if when the IPL restarts I don't think it's going to be an if because just because of the huge amounts of money and goodness knows what the BCCI would need to refund to Star and Vivo and whoever else
2: you're not talking about the odd tenner. You're talking about millions and millions and millions of pounds, aren't you?
0: And the contracts for um, for the TV rights is somewhere in the billions. Um, yeah. This is a huge, huge industry.
2: And you're talking uh, about the uh, the most powerful cricket board in the world as well, who are 100% committed to getting that shoehorned in somewhere.
0: And apart from that, for world cricket, I know there's a lot of talk about how big a piece of the pie India take. India are a Nets... Provider in world cricket, Uh, there's more money coming in from India than uh, BCCI takes back out. This is going to have severe ramifications for everyone, especially those countries which do rely on the ICC
2: to top up their uh, their coffers. The, The comments you see on on Twitter and on in in articles that this is all about the cash, this is just wrong. Yeah, they would never have played on if it wasn't for the money. I mean, it is sport, but the money is important, isn't it? You know, you can't just ignore the fact that this turns over a hell of a a lot of cash and the money is a major factor in this.
0: And the money is, in the end, what what allows cricket around the world to to continue. Um, I know there are, I was listening to a podcast by the Talk Sport guys and Neil Manthorpe talking about the knock-on effects um, that this will have on South African cricket. I mean, they're in a huge amount of debt at the moment. They rely on the money from the ICC to stay afloat. And with the IPL in the uh, the format in India that um, has gone on this season being a dry run for the T20 World Cup, really, really worry about what could happen if that gets uh, that gets affected, which you know, I don't see how it can't. Even if they have it in India, it's going to have to be in significantly different formats. It might have to be um, in just Mumbai across three stadiums. We've seen before how having um, so many games in just a, on just a couple of strips affects the quality of the cricket, and that in a, in a knock-on effect will um, will change what the games are worth to the ICC um, and the viewing figures. So, this is going to have ramifications across the cricket world,
2: unfortunately. On the greater scheme of things, with people dying and uh, the pandemic being pretty grim in India, Dan, the um, the fact that cricket has stopped isn't isn't the be all and end all of life is it but apart from the money on the cricketing side of things we're obviously the IPL we're seeing some of the best cricketers in the world playing some of the best cricket in the world A.B. de Villiers is just somebody I, I just tune into the IPL RCB games waiting for A.B. de Villiers to do something special we want to find out who wins this tournament don't we I mean it's, it's far from satisfactory to have a tournament finish halfway through where there are so many things that we don't know that's going to happen it's like watching Line of Duty and um, which is if you're listening overseas that's a very big series in the uk over the last few weeks uh, and stopping after episode three isn't it and not finding out what happens after episode seven.
3: Oh, i thought you're gonna spoil it for me then james I haven't seen the last one yet i was <laughs> gonna kick it off yeah i think i think um, neil is right you know the, the money factor will ensure that the tournament is ended in some guys whether that is um and you know it could be a totally different format it could be even if they just sort of try and I don't I don't know freeze the table and work out points per game or something like that and get some playoffs together and just get it done really quickly but then you'll have the issue of not fulfilling the TV deals and things like that.
2: I mean if you're going to do it you're going to have to play the games aren't you? You're going to have to finish yeah. off finish off the tournament and even if it's 3 games a day or something ridiculous
3: I don't think there's any easy answer. I think if we have a delay, any sort of delay from this point bleeds into, you know, the the cricket calendar around the world, we could be looking at, I mean, if we have a a delay until later on in the English summer, which has been floated around, um, sort sort of September time, we could be looking at teams finishing the tournament with totally different makeup of, of squads, it's not going to be sort of a consistent narrative throughout the tournament if we have any sort of delay. Just, just going back to the the T Twenty World Cup, I think it's going to be tough now to get teams from all around the world to fly into these biosecure bubbles um, wherever they are, and not have that in the back of their mind that you know they've been breached once Who's to say it's not going to happen again. I think. I mean, that,
2: that's a really good point. I think because the, I mean, the BCCI. Um, I mean, I've read a few pieces today actually saying that it wasn't perfect. This bio bubble, there were things that were going on. It's all rumor and hearsay, and none of it's. I, I can't prove any of it, so I'm not going to actually say what the rumors are. But for a, for a team flying in from Pakistan or from from wherever to play in a T in a Twenty World Cup, it's that trust. We talked about it yesterday. The trust in the in the bio bubble in the in the, that you're secure, that you're safe. And if the IPL, which is the richest tournament in the world, has been breached, then what trust can you have even in the T Twenty World Cup?
3: Yeah, I think with we the first sort of biosecure biosecure environment around the world was obviously in England last summer. And that kind of went off without you know, any sort of incident. I mean, Joffre Archer was a little bit unfortunate when he nipped home for a couple of hours. But, but, it's, but that, it's, a, it's
2: a lot easier though, isn't it? When you've got two teams and you can bed them down in the same place and exactly. they're effectively walking to the ground and walking back to their yeah. hotel room. That,
3: that was the point I was going to make with a significant amount of travel, um, a significant amount of squads all using the same, potentially all using the same facilities at some point over the, the length of the tournament. It's going to be very very hard to keep an eye on I think it needs a, a big review um and and some trust will have to be gained around the world of cricket before anyone commits to anything going in you know going into especially going back into India um anytime soon um, and it's just something they'll have to work through the England bubble
0: was in about as, as simple a way as possible two teams in a uh, Um, a single stadium hotel on site but the one time that there was any travel is where the weakness was and even with only two teams travel from Southampton to Manchester it was still breached
2: I mean because you're relying on the humans actually abiding by the rules aren't you and humans don't always abide by the rules the only criticism I'd have of the IPL and this isn't hindsight because I said it at the time I did think they were a bit ambitious yeah, you know, after after staging it successfully in the UAE last time, I'd have quite I'd have been quite happy for them to go back there again. It worked very well, but they wanted to have fans in the ground. They wanted to try and get back to normality, didn't they? And Sir Kevin Goody was driving towards that. But I, I must admit, when I when I first heard all of that and saw the fixtures and the fact that there were eight grounds and the teams were going to have to be travelling around, I thought are they biting off more than they can chew here? Keep it, sometimes keeping it simple and keeping it, you know, not trying to be as adventurous might have been a better policy.
3: Yeah. I mean, how, when you, when you look back to, I look back to the end of the England India series for the white ball stuff. And it was only, you know, two or three months ago, we had 90,000 rammed into a stadium that seemed um, ridiculous.
2: I mean, we said at the time that seemed ridiculous.
3: I, you know, when I know in England when when the first wave hit England last April time, we look back at that couple of weeks where we had full football grounds at the weekend, and we had you know the Champions League games going off with fans coming in from Europe, Cheltenham and Racing. Is, exactly. This is a similar thing, but in a way, it's it's, it's more unforgivable because. The pandemic hadn't gone anywhere at that point. The numbers were lower, but we were fully aware of what could happen at that point in this similar situation. And whether it was, uh, you know, politics at play because we've got a new stadium and we need to start making some money on it. We've got a name added to the stadium, which, you know, some certain people would like a little bit of um, sort of an image um thing to uphold, I don't know could be something like that
2: um let's let let's let's not mince words. the prime minister of the country named the stadium after himself and would have liked to have seen it looking vibrant
3: exactly but when you when you do something like that and disregard everything that's been going on around the world if if you look at like i, I know I keep harking back to the the football in, in our country we didn't know what was coming it was all fresh, it was all new we didn't know it seemed insane that normal life wouldn't carry on you know this deep into a global pandemic that is absolutely unforgivable
2: yeah there's lessons that have been learnt by now aren't there and um, whereas yeah, at the definitely. start people were kind of like walking into a dark room feeling around trying to find out where the walls were and where the boundaries were whereas you know to a large extent not certainly i don't think we understand it fully yet but to a large extent we do understand the uh, the nature of this pandemic a lot more now so as you say the, the mistakes are a little bit more glaring aren't they Let's um, move on away from all of that stuff uh, and move towards the, the players themselves. There's been again stories I've I've seen about, you know, these rich people, why are they being pampered? Why are they thinking about charter flights? Why are they doing this, that, and the other? And there's a lot of politics in that. I mean, Australia is obviously the the, the prime example. Somebody told me yesterday there's 30 000 to fifty thousand Australians in India who were trapped in the country and wanted to go home. So why should the uh, the cricketers be made a special case? Um and to me they shouldn't be, um, whether you agree with the rules that the Australian Prime Minister is put in or not, and I don't think I do to um particularly because I think if I, if I was an Australian, I would be hoping that my home country would look after me a little bit more than maybe uh, Scott Morrison is doing at the moment for the Australians in India. I, I don't think the racial side of things which I've seen being painted is necessarily a, a productive argument. The players themselves here, and we talked a lot about mental health on this, this podcast over the last year because it has been a big, big thing, not just for people sitting at home, but for cricketers in bio bubbles staring at the four walls of a hotel room and then trying to play their best cricket. And I woke up this morning Neil thinking about Joss Butler as I as I do on a regular basis and um, 124 the other day his first T20 century. He would have walked off there full of adrenaline, man of the match awards in his back pocket. The tournament was starting for him. He'd actually, you know, he hadn't been in the greatest of Nick until then, but he played a a fantastic innings. And the signs were good for Josh Butler that over the next sort of seven games or whatever of the tournament that were left for him, yeah, the sky was the limit, wasn't he? He was was starting to really punch the tournament and and to make it the, the last half of that innings was incredible. You go from that... As a player, full of all of that, and that's in your head, worrying around that you've had a great day. And now over the next two weeks, he's faced with travelling back to England, being staring at the four walls of a hotel room he doesn't know before he can then go back home to his loved ones. You, you go from the sublime to the ridiculous, don't you? That's got to be quite mentally wearing.
0: With all due respect to Joss, he'd been an absolute shambles up until the second half of uh, that innings against Sunrisers. He'd been scratching around like he'd never played the game before and then became the Joss Butler that we expect to see um, in the second half where he scored some ridiculous number of runs. Finally feeling that you've got back into touch, that you're repaying the faith, um, that you're earning the massive contract and then having it all whipped away. It's got to be very, very difficult. I think Joss is in a, um, a slightly better place because my understanding is that his wife and daughter have traveled with him to India and been within the bubble thankfully he won't be won't be alone there but it's got to be a massive culture shock for the people who are out there alone who've you know finally started to really make a name for themselves. Um, someone that I think of a bit is Kyle Jameson. Yeah. I only really uh, come into international cricket uh, or certainly to my knowledge when he was superb in the test against India about a year and a half ago I think and,
2: and, and I mean on the previews I had my doubts about Carl Jamieson I'd seen a bit of him for New Zealand, but you know his experience in India wasn't huge and I was thinking this is a bit of a risk for RCB they've paid huge amounts of money for this guy it could be an absolute flop but he was far from that wasn't he
0: No he was superb and I I was the same as you I'd seen him play uh, T20s against Australia um, just before the, the IPL started. And he didn't do very well. He got smashed about a bit. And to my mind, he was a, a test bowler who bowled extremely well against Virat Kohli and managed to get a T20 gig, a huge amount uh, of money. And also for him, you know, someone coming from New Zealand, a place where the money domestically for cricket is not that big. Uh, The money that he gets from the New Zealand board for, I assume he's got a central contract now, that's not going to be that big. This is absolutely mind-blowing what he's um, been contracted for. I assume he'll get maybe half of that in the end I don't know how the legalities
2: work well, I actually just to jump in on that um, one of the questions I was going to come to was the, about the finances for the players because we seem to get drifted into this thing that they're all millionaires and they're all earning you know, shed loads of cash every single IPL it, there's a, there's a grade to that you got the Carl Jamesons and the Glenn Maxwell's at the top end of the spectrum the is, but the ones at the very bottom are earning sort of 20 grand or something like that aren't they you know, which is a, a decent a, a, amount for seven weeks work but it's not life-changing stuff the There's a piece in the Daily Mail today about the England players, and I I, I assume that this crosses over to all of the different countries, but um, I'll just read the first couple of paragraphs to you. England's players face a delay of several months being paid for their IPL stint after this year's postponement. Under the terms of a standard IPL contract is closed to sports mail. Salaries are paid by the franchises in three equal installments with the last two payments held over until the conclusion of the tournament and the end of the calendar year in which it takes place respectively. So on the basis of that, they'll be being paid a third of the money up front or on arrival or whenever at the start of the competition and then they follow the the other two payments one comes at the end of the tournament and then the, the, the other one comes at the end of the uh, the calendar year once all of the money's come into the coffers I would imagine from the tournament sponsors and stuff so at the moment they've been paid a third of what they are due
0: this is the very crux of why it's a suspension and not a cancellation not the player salaries so much but the TV deals are also going to be very much on the basis that no refunds will be necessary while it's only suspended Um, but these players we we always hear about the the Jamesons Chris Morris Ben Stokes you know making millions of dollars but the majority of players say aren't on that at all Uh, there was an interesting interview with Luke Wright that I read a few years ago that said actually it cost him money to go to the IPL the first time round, um, especially without any support from the ECB at the time, for him it was an investment in his future. Because if he went out there and impressed, then he'd get a bigger contract next yeah. time. It's like an all audition. Around, yeah, he'd have a name for other competitions, and we all know Luke Wright has probably had one of the best franchise careers. Um, of anyone going around, so he's one from, of the highest
2: scores in the Big Bash, isn't he? Over the over the de- last decade,
0: exactly. And he was out there for I think he could all, almost have been due a testimonial by uh, by the time he retired from the Big Bash. But these guys aren't on um, huge amounts, and the way the payments that are made are staggered, and also most players won't make their full contracts because my understanding is you've got about half of it guaranteed, and then. The rest is based on um, on bonuses for playing, for qualifying from the group stage, for winning the yeah. IPL. Um, so they're not making as big money as you expect. And then you take into account their own personal costs, um, their uh, what they pay to their agents. Um, who, to be fair, if they've got an IPL deals, he's, he's done quite well there. They pay the. ECB or their county um a percentage of that, or if they don't pay it directly, then their normal salary is deducted, which is fair enough. They're not available, but that is still coming out of their back pocket at the end. So this is going to hurt quite a few guys financially, and hopefully, uh, when they get home and through quarantine and so on, they'll um, uh, they'll be able to turn out for their clubs, or uh, the suspension will. Um, mean that the ECB stop paying their portion of the central contracts again, um, and it won't be as hard a hit. But financially, it could really put some people in um, in strife. Um, Chris Lynn, when he was talking about CA getting a charter plane, I was quite sceptical initially because I thought he was Office of Privates um, on a private enterprise and CA don't have any uh, uh, any skin in the game. But apparently they get 10% of all contracts from for Australian players. So, so they do still have um, some level of gca care there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this falls out. Obviously, none of the players will say anything because they don't want to annoy employers, either IPL or domestic. But uh, the truth will
2: out at some point. I, I would be very surprised if Carl Jamieson, Jai Richardson et cetera, who got their first big IPL deal and, and the promise of a lot of money, hadn't made some mental plans to at least upgrade their car a little bit or something like that. You know, you, it's it's only human nature, isn't it? I mean, that, Dan, the, going back to the Joss Butler thing, I've never done anything good in my life, so I don't know what this is like, but you hear rock stars say you come off after a fantastic show and the come down from that is quite severe. You know, you, you, uh, Some of them stay up till six in the morning. That's where the drink and the drugs come out because you've got to kind of try and keep that adrenaline flow going because you can't get to sleep off the back of it. After playing big matches in the IPL with all the pressure and everything that's on that, to then be asked to go and quarantine in a hotel room and isolate for 10 days. The contrast between the two is is stark, isn't it? It As I say, we talked a lot on this podcast about looking after the players. And I think sometimes the money and all of that kind of thing is a bit of a red herring. We've got, they're still human beings with with brains inside that are, are going to be struggling.
3: Yeah, exactly, James. Um, when Neil was, you know, that was a fantastic piece there by Neil. That was um, spot on, really good to, to hear.
2: You've never said that about anything I've said.
3: Oh, uh, well, there you go, James. Up the game. You said <laughs> you've never done anything good. You just said that. Um, yeah, the first thing that came to my mind, we are talking about Josh Butler being bubbled up and the sort of the mental side of things. We've mentioned him a few times, or I have anyway, on this pod across the start of the IPL ones and the India and England series. I immediately think of Moeen Nally, who's been bubbled up for months on end with playing hardly any cricket. He was treated rather appallingly by England throughout the winter. He's managed to gets himself a really good gig with CSK, a franchise that seems to really value him and appreciate what he does for the team and what he can offer to the game. Um he gets a really good run in the team. He's taking wickets, he's scoring runs, he's he was playing well, wasn't he? Good. He was in really great form and he's looked, you know, he's looked better than he has done for quite a while on on a cricket pitch. And all of a sudden that has now ended. Um and He's now stuck in another biosecure bubble, not being able to go anywhere. Um, with all this going off around him, the, the mental toll that that must take on on someone is, um, I mean, it's immeasurable, really. And poor Mo has been, you know, kicked from pillar to post, really. I don't, I don't know how he's coped, to be honest. It's heartbreaking, really, to know that he was, you know, in a good place. He's starting to do really well. And, the, you know, the, it's all been taken away from him again. Um, he must feel like he can't catch a break at the minute. And that is the sad thing. I mean, you look at these guys, you think they're in a biosecure bubble. They have, you know, the life of Riley. They're in these five-star, six-star hotels with um, all the facilities in the world. But this is where it really hits home that they are there to entertain us. And they're putting themselves in a, a position that everyone else in their country at the minute back home, sp- particularly for the English guys, um, and, and the same for the, the Kiwis and the Aussies, then, they're, they're, you know, their people aren't in that sort of situation at the minute. They're not having to... Um, they haven't got as much of that worry going on around them at the minute, and they've put themselves in that situation. I know they're earning big money, but they are entertaining the world, you know, the, the world of cricket, and to put themselves in in that position where their health could potentially be affected, both mental and and you know physical well-being with the actual disease, it kind of really hits home that they are doing everyone a, a you know a, a big service really, and fair play to them for keep for for keeping going through it all and yeah it's just it's just really sad and I hope that you know we won't feel the ramifications for this in terms of what the fallout is going to be until we know how we're going to resume when we're going to resume and and whatever yeah I, I, I'm not doubting that they are getting really good support but I, I just would I, I wouldn't swap not many times in my life that I would say that I wouldn't swap positions with Josh Butler but now is definitely one of them <laughs> um,
2: I would just for the 124 part of it then I'll pull out then Ali Martin um tweeted this morning about the England players. Um, England have confirmed that the IPL players, um, Johnny Bairstow, Josh Butler, Sam Billings, Chris Wokes, Moen Ali, Jason Roy, and the two Currens, um a bit disrespectful to say that, Sam Curran and Tom Curran have landed, different people, they're separate entities, people in their own right, landed back in the UK this morning and will begin a 10-day quarantine in government-approved hotels. I'd assume their hangers-on, for want of a better phrase, Josh Butler's missus and kid and stuff would have been with them on that flight. So they're going to basically start a 10-day quarantine period in government approved hotels. Owen I mean, Morgan, David Milan and Chris Jordan are still in India um and are expecting to fly home in in the next 48 hours. The Australian side of stuff they seem to be dividing their escape routes via either Sri Lanka or the Maldives um, and they have to then stay there for two weeks before the the Australian customs will allow them back in um, and then presumably have to quarantine in Australia off the back of that too and obviously all of the other nations um, their players are having to make their own arrangements to get home as well so yeah they're all on their way and they're all going to find a way back to their own beds at some stage but it's not how we want an IPL to be this is it I mean COVID has changed the world doesn't it over the last 12 months and it's not the world that we want to live in so the IPL is suffering as a result of that but it's just a really nasty time isn't it Neil we're not seeing the culmination of a tournament like we want to we're not being entertained like we want to everything's just just leaves a bit of a sour taste doesn't it
0: there's an emptiness I think because it's finished in such an unsatisfactory way and I, I say that with the caveat that it may not be finished but certainly for the rest of this week yeah you're left feeling quite unsatisfied
2: it felt like the first time this morning I got up and generally speaking, I get up and I laze around to get a coffee. And then I think my my thought then turns to, well, who's playing today? And for the first time for a while, since the IPL started and obviously doing these daily podcasts, got up this morning thinking, there's no cricket today, is there? That actually, yeah, you know, emptiness is the right thing. It just left me feeling a little bit cold.
0: Yeah, I, I did have a uh, completely unfair thought. That I thought was, uh, given what's uh, happened with the IPL, it's quite inconsiderate that Pakistan and Zimbabwe don't bring forward their t- Test match by a few days uh, Just for my own uh, personal sanity <laughs> It's weird that you know, Something which we think of as frivolous While acknowledging the Massive financial impact across the game It provides structure To um, to our days and It's frivolous and it's days. and
2: like we said yesterday It's frivolous, it's a ball and a stick And blokes running around after it Getting paid far too much for doing so In, in, in numerous cases But it matters, doesn't it?
0: It matters because it gives us an escape, and more so for the guys in India um, at the moment who are really suffering, um, are in lockdowns in a lot of places. It's, it's a way mentally to get away from that, even for a small amount of time. And this is why sports and films and art and so on do matter, because as much as they, uh, they don't provide um, the uh, physical or monetary sustenance for us,
2: They do give us a chance to reset mentally. Can you imagine a world, Dan, where there was no sport, there was no theatre, there was no movies, there was no music? It would be horrendous, wouldn't it?
3: It would be. And that's um, kind of how it felt when sort of last late March, April time came around here before when everything got cancelled. We lost the football, we lost the start of the cricket season. We had a couple of month period where life was so empty it was painful um, well, we're gonna, and-
2: when when it's all come back I mean when the football came back when the cricket came back hopefully not too long away we're going to see theatre and, and cinema coming back in, yeah. in England we're going to appreciate it so much more aren't we
3: definitely it all seemed a little bit easier when we got the football back I know it's behind closed doors but it's done a similar thing what the IPL I'd imagine is doing to the Indian population it gave us a a focus for the day the the way that they managed that we had a game a day Um, and you know there was always something to to look forward to I think I actually checked you know
2: when the IPL fixtures came out I actually checked to see if there were any dead days because I don't like that when you're going through a tournament (laughs) you get used to having a game a day and then suddenly on a Tuesday there's nothing and I was I was delighted when I looked through the IPL fixtures and realized that there was a game every single day all the way through to a little gap before the playoff started again.
3: Yeah, that's one of the, the best things about the IPL, definitely. And for, for us in England as well, they're on at a really good time of the day. I think one, you know, every every cloud has a silver lining and that silver lining is that we're going to see Tim uh, rip through Gloucestershire on Sky.
2: <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> you know? ca- county championship on um, on English TV. So that's uh, that's not yeah, a bad definitely. thing.
3: I Just want to say, we're talking about the quarantine periods earlier on. That the Aussie guys are in the Maldives, and I think that's you know, I think it's quite obvious who's got the rough end of the stick there that they're all in the Maldives. And we've got the English guys coming home staying in a travel logic Gatwick for 10 days. Yeah, you, know, you, you
2: say you won't, you don't want to swap with Josh Butler. I'll tell you what, I'll swap with an Aussie on a, on a Maldives <laughs> beach for a couple of weeks. I'd, I'd, I'd i would take that.
3: Michael Slater more <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah
2: yeah. I, I, I'd love to go to the Maldives if anybody's out there wants to sponsor the cricket badge going to the Maldives then uh, yeah I'll go and link up with the Aussies and do uh, live reports from a Maldives beach more than happy to uh, to help out if anybody needs that uh, service Who Knows Wins? Put your money where your mates are. There's over 25,000 players and over £1 million
0: already won. The biggest community pot was £31,000. And there's over
2: 12,000 leagues created. Download our free app and play against your friends and family with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who Knows Wins in a different league. Um, just to finish with, guys, before we uh, we finish off today, um, and obviously thank you for joining me, um, as always. Um, I tweeted yesterday, and I was thinking about this last night, the likes of MS Dhoni, the Chris Gales, the Imran Tahirs, Harbajan Singh, Singh, um, Robin Atapa. There's plenty of others that are in their kind of twilight of their careers. There may be, if you go even to the youngsters, there may be players that are playing in this IPL that might not have got retained or might not have been bought by somebody and this was their last IPL. They might not have known it at the time, but it was their last IPL. For the kind of big guys, MSD being the obvious one, if this was going to be his last IPL and if we assume for a second that we're not going to see the, the completion of this tournament, there isn't a window and they're not going to be able to fit it in. This is such a crappy way for an MSD to go out of the game, isn't it? This is one of the giants of indian cricket this is one that a, a guy that's entertained the world for so so long for 20 years or whatever it's been he has played the game brilliantly he is an icon in india if a man deserved to go out of the game with a full house clapping him off the ground it's this fella. Chris Gale the same. I mean, Chris Gale, I'm sure, will be back in the auction next time, but there's no guarantee he's going to get snapped up again. But for an MSD to bow out with a, I said on the tweet yesterday, a pandemic press release, Neil, it's just not the way to go, is it?
0: No, I think we all know how we'd imagine MSD going out. IPL final, Sam Curran gets out uh, with three balls to go, and MSD strides in. Helicopter shot for a couple. Six. Oh, well, no, it, there'd be a couple of um, very fancy leaves first just to, <laughs> just to build up the tension, and then a helicopter six, so Cal Corner. I think for him, I would expect him to play again next season. His returns have been worse, but we're talking about one of the greatest white ball players of all time. Uh, One of very few to have got
2: all three white ball trophies, I think. The one thing with MSD though, Neil, is that he isn't somebody that, Likes to stand on a massive stage and wave at everybody and take adulation. Is he? He's not that kind of guy. And when he's retired from other formats of the game, he's kind of drifted off, done military service, and then it's kind of been re- revealed later on in a very subtle, you know, way where he's not courted attention. You know, for him, it might actually be be the right way to go out. He's not going to get that. Massive send-off.
0: Potentially, although those of us who watch him on the field know that he likes to drag things out as long as possible so that he can finish with a big six um, right at the end when uh, everyone starts worrying a bit. But yeah, his um, his retirement from international cricket was a, a two-line Instagram post. Yeah, it's very subdued, uh, wasn't it? I wouldn't like him just to, to go off when Sachin retired and the games got switched between Eden Gardens and the 1K Day so he could finish in Mumbai and get the huge send-off. It, it doesn't seem Donny's style but i would like him to to at least get one last chance to to properly finish it a tournament like this finishing um halfway through and then him just quietly retiring to his vice presidency of india cements it just doesn't it doesn't feel right to me gail was still going to see for a couple of years he he reckons that uh, he's got a few more years in him and if he can still continue playing after his knees have gone then i don't see any any reason to stop that he'll be playing franchise. Cricket for uh, for a while yet. They'll wheel him out. <laughs> They'll get
2: him out there. I mean, Dan. I mean, the, what we were saying about MSD there was that it might not be his style to go out with a bang, but supporters would want him to do that wouldn't they you talk to any Indian um, cricket fan and they are so invested in MSD I mean Naman on this podcast thinks MSD can do anything he can walk on water he can he can do absolutely anything he's a genius he's a wizard he's a legend he's a he's somebody that Naman would probably crawl around the world to, to actually touch on the leg you've got those kind of fans out there for MSD that won't want him to just go out with a whimper
3: no definitely not the only concern I would have is that if I mean it, w- it was widely suspected that this would be his last tournament anyway and it was looking like it would be behind closed doors, which isn't much of a, an end. Um, but at least, at least the fans would get to see him walk off, and they can they
2: would they can they dance would. around their living rooms and, and celebrate him in their own way, can't they?
3: I just don't think he's, I don't think that's fitting of the occasion though. I think the man needs the, like you said, the crowds and the cheering and the, it's not even cheering, is it? Screaming and just absolute pure ecstasy to, you know, um, aim towards him. I think that would be the end that everyone would want for him. I've just got a, a sneaky suspicion that I don't think he's that bothered. Um, I don't think when his time's up I think his time's up what more sort of could you need other than you know he, he got carried round um, the Wanchedi winning a World Cup I quite like
2: MSD for the fact that he's, that, he's a bit understated in that respect yes, yeah because the, te- um, the temptation is for a, for a player to walk off with a guard of honour and all the rest of it and milk it I, I quite like the fact that MSD would be just as happy to walk out the back door and disappear off on his motorbike
3: you know he might finish IPL cut ties with the BCCI and come over for a little stint with Pombears in the hundred James what do you think about that
2: we'll move on um, <laughs> anybody listening to this we're not allowed to say the those two words that he just said on this podcast what well, um, <laughs> no the other one the the, the, the numeric um <laughs> reference to a new tournament that's coming up in England this summer we're going to be back every single day throughout the rest of this IPL. Uh, that's what I usually say at this stage in a podcast. This IPL is finished, basically, isn't it? At the moment, we're waiting to find out if it's going to be rearranged or not. And it's, uh, you know, the potential window in September. It may never be finished. It might be the unfinished IPL, like Beethoven's Unfinished Sympath- Symp- Symp- Sympathy Symphony. So we'll see. We're going to kind of play it by year. We'll definitely be back with you tomorrow with uh, another edition of the IPL Daily it might even be it's the last one where we just round things off and uh, and say goodbye or adieu or au revoir until the IPL comes back for this season it's a uh, purely from the podcast side of things it's a disappointing finish because we were uh, on the other tournaments we've done we've kind of gone all the way through every single day of the competitions and we've had our little wrap party at the end of it we've given out awards and we've thanked each other for being part of the show and it feels like we're kind of just drifting off of, uh, with without the Full stop this time around. But just if uh, if we don't come back, and um, there will be other Cricket Badger podcasts going forward, interviews with players and various things, the usual kind of podcasts that we do. Planning to be back for the England Test Series um, during the summer as well. And obviously India coming across to uh, England this summer is a big one. And I'm sure Neil um, and Dan will be uh, wanting to be part of that because that's a massive Test Series as we go through and um, the second half of the English summer.
0: Before that, we got uh, the World Test Championship final
2: the yeah, World Test Championship final got New Zealand over in England as well, so there's uh, yeah plenty to look forward to with an English summer. So cricket hasn't gone away; he's just he's uh, just gone away for now. Um, but thank you out there, everybody, for listening. It's much appreciated. The IPL is a massive tournament, and I know you get it very excited. And thanks for tuning in. Plenty of of obviously options in terms of entertainment around the IPL. So thank you for choosing the Cricket Badger Podcast and the IPL Dailies that we do. Um, and thanks um, as always for all of the fan badges. Had more fan badges on this uh, this series than any of. the the other series and that we've done in the past and they are brilliant I just stick out a, a note on Twitter to say come along and, and talk about the IPL if you fancy it and I get the replies and I don't know who these guys are and then start to talk to them and uh, the likes of Dan and Neil and uh, Naman and Rito and Claire and Alan and uh, Knuckle and all the rest of them that have been on this time around Deepak and Samson and Abhishek and um, Raj and Abai I'm sure I've probably missed one out there but uh, they are brilliant they come on and they talk with passion and they talk with knowledge and they talk with Enthusiasm and it is much appreciated. I've been very, very fortunate with the uh, fan badges that have come forward. Never had a duff one, so there's a challenge for you: apply and be a duff one and then break the trend. But uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant that they come on. I think you out there quite like that—the fact that you know, these aren't guys that get paid in the media to uh, to talk. They are fans. They love their franchises. They love their cricket, and they talk with passion and knowledge and enthusiasm. And that is uh, it's great to hear. So thank you to everybody out there for listening, and thanks to the fan badges as well. I'm saying that as if we're finishing. And we're not doing just yet because we'll be back tomorrow. But I just want to make sure that I give out all the thanks I can before I forget to. Um, And we will be back tomorrow with another edition of the IPL Daily. Feels a little bit kind of like after the Lord Mayor show because it's all all kind of like drifting away. But I think there's uh, interesting discussion still to be had. I know Naman's on tomorrow. I'm not sure who else. I mean, I usually do a rotor. All the way through the games and i try and put the various fan badges against the uh, franchises they represent either the day before or the day after that's kind of gone out the window a little bit now because the fixes have all disappeared but we will be back tomorrow plenty to talk about as always in the cricketing world i've been james the cricket badger and i will see you tomorrow <laughs>
1: Network.